and happy Sunday and welcome to part two of Fair Voices episode on the witnesses. We're actually going to also have a part three that's going to come out this coming week. But part two covers interviews with the actors who play Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery. I think that this is a really fantastic set of actors to have on in the same episode. And I encourage you to listen to this episode, but also please be sure to go see the film Witnesses in Theaters. I've seen it and I can give my full endorsement for it because I have watched it. I thoroughly enjoyed watching it, actually. I Just a quick story. I watched it a couple of weeks ago in preparation for these interviews and I was really struck by a couple of things. I was struck by the way that the translation process was portrayed. I thought that that was very helpful and it will be helpful for a paradigm shift for what the gospel topics essays say the translation is and the historical records indicate how the translation went. I thought that that was fantastic. I also think that it makes the characters um, more human in a sense and more real to us in a lot of ways. They seem like people instead of people that we are just reading about. And that, that distance that we have when we read about people that existed before us can make it hard for us to have empathy for other individuals sometimes. And I think that the film does a really great job at helping us construct that empathy and also helping us to see things through their eyes. It was a really beautiful film. Highly encourage that you go watch it, but let's talk to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery today. Could you please introduce who you are and tell us a little bit about which character you played? My name is Caleb J. Spivak and I play Oliver Cowdery in the feature film Witnesses. Awesome. Thank you. How did you prepare to play Oliver Cowdery? How did I prepare to play Oliver Cowdery? That's such an interesting question because in most of my other work, you are exploring fictional characters. And when you are dealing in someone that is real, that has lived, that has existed, there is a little more work that goes into understanding who that person was in terms of the background in in playing that role on screen. And obviously there's, we have a lot of historical text and context to, to work within in, in developing that. So I would say that's the most important thing, but since we don't really have Oliver Cowdery on film, interpreting how Oliver lives and breathes is something that I get to create as, as an actor. So that's always fun. That's a really good point. I didn't think about that aspect of it. How did you kind of determine the personality of Oliver Cowdery in that sense? Well, you know, again, it's, you've got all these historical contexts to work within. So that, that really helps the fact that Oliver was a teacher. Um, so there's, there is a, almost a studious element that will determine mannerisms. So he is more put together. He's more buttoned up, uh, more prim and proper, if you will, versus uh, David Whitmer, who is out there working the till and the farm. So a lot of those things start to make inferences naturally about how this person comes to life. That's really interesting. What was the most surprising thing that you learned while learning how to play your character? I would say the most surprising thing in, in researching the witnesses, particularly Oliver Cowdery, was one, how young these guys were 
when when they were doing what they were doing. Uh, that that was probably the biggest surprise, and and seeing how short their lives actually were. You know, Oliver uh, passed away in his forties, and a lot of of what we know um, of the three witnesses, these guys were in their in their you know early and late teens, and so I think that that was the biggest surprise for me, particularly as someone who was learning the story of the three witnesses as I was preparing for the film. That makes perfect sense. And I don't think we think about how young they were that often. So I think that's a really good point that you brought up that these aren't, you know, 30, 40 year olds ready to sort of take on the world. <laughs> they're, they're young. They're, they're actually my age um, as they're, you know, going throughout this process, which is really difficult to conceptualize. What aspect of the movie was emotional for you where you had um, a particular scene where you felt a, a deeper connection to Oliver Cowdery than in another scene, perhaps? I think there were a lot of moments where I really personally felt emotionally attached to what was going on in the scene. So I personally study my, the Meisner technique. And part of that is where you daydream and really imagine that what is happening is is really happening and so you can you can really convince your nervous system that something is real when it isn't and so when i am living as oliver cowdery in this film i am doing tr doing that truthfully and and truly believing that the, what i'm saying and what i'm doing is reality and so there were a couple of moments, uh, one in particular that I recall really hitting my soul, if you will, is when I told uh, Joseph Smith that I saw angels with him. And the idea of being in the presence of angels, truthfully being in the presence of angels, if that thought doesn't touch your soul, I don't know what would. And so I really, I really felt that in my heart's heart in that moment. How much did you know about Joseph Smith and the story of the witnesses beforehand? You mentioned a little bit that you had to learn about the story of the witnesses as you went, but did you have any knowledge about who Joseph Smith was and how did that change throughout the, the course of filming? I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know who uh, Joseph Smith was, um, but certainly my understanding of the, the Book of Mormon and the gold plates and all of that was very surface level. And a privilege of mine throughout this process, I would say, was actually working with Paul, who played Joseph Smith, because I got to take long walks with him in between filming and not filming. Uh, particularly, I have fond memories of, of taking long walks with Paul in Ontario, Canada, where we filmed uh, at the uh, Upper Canada Village. And I pressed him very hard on the entire premise, the entire religion, and had really deep conversations with Paul. And it was great to be able to, to talk with him because he's such a, a faithful believer. And so 
I really had firsthand a firsthand experience and understanding by by having those uh, those long chats with Paul. That that must have been a really unique experience. I think um, I think when we when we're introduced to things like uh, new concepts of religion, it's it's the, the setting of it can often impact the way that we understand it. And it would be really kind of fun and weird to, uh, you know, go into this deep dive with a religion that you're unfamiliar with. Um, I felt like that with Mormonism um, at a very varying times in my life, um, coming from my Catholic background. What was an aspect of Oliver Cowdery that was particularly difficult for you to understand? That's an interesting question. I would say maybe not so much difficult to understand, but I have an immense respect for anyone who can put as much faith into something as Oliver Cowdery did at such a young age. Because the believe what you want to believe, having the kind of faith that the witnesses had, particularly with not, you know, for, for example, not physically seeing the, the gold plates initially or, or you know, not officially, uh, uh, not seeing the angels initially, that takes an incredible amount of faith. And so I have so much respect that, that they knew in their heart's heart what they knew so much so that they had the faith that they needed to get to that stage. It is really admirable to see people have such deep faith in order to act on it too. I've, I've had similar experiences seeing the deep faith of different uh, priests and preachers who, you know, are in a faith different than mine, but have these profound experiences that lead them to completely change their lives, which I think is a really admirable trait like you articulate, articulated. Um, why would you choose to do this movie? What was your sort of journey into uh, this deep dive into Oliver Cowdery? The truth is, as an actor, the, the way it works is we have what are called breakdowns that come through. And the breakdown is basically a list of the characters that are being cast for a particular project and a very quick overview of what the project is. When this hit my desk, the uh, proverbial desk, um, I, it's one of those things where it comes through, you learn the material, you put it on tape, you send in the tape to the casting director. And then if they're interested in you, they call you back and you audition again, or they book you right off the tape. And so that, that was, pretty much the process for this. It, you know, I, I would, I would, I wouldn't be truthful if I told you that there was more to the process initially, but that's how it comes through. And then you, you audition for it and they, you, you nail the role or you don't. And if you nail it and you've, you've got their interest, then you can take a step back and go, okay, wait a second. They're offering me this, this role. Let me, you know, take a deeper gander at what this film is, what's it about, where's it gonna go, what's its purpose? And so that's when you really start to, to take a look at it. But what I, what I, at that point, what I was particularly drawn to was one, getting a better understanding 
of this religion because my understanding was very surface level. And secondly, I love the idea of period pieces and something that takes place in the 1800s and certainly something that uh, is relatively new in terms of, you know, the, the past century and a half. And so all of those elements together really made it alluring and interesting to me as a performer. I can definitely see where you're coming from here. One follow-up question that I had to something that you said is you really love period pieces, which I think historical, anything historical fiction, or um, I, I don't know, you know, documentaries or any any type of creation of art that stems from history is really fascinating to me as well. What do you do in order to prepare to understand the historical context of a movie such as this? Because I, I assume that you have multiple projects that are back to back, which makes it a little bit a little bit trickier than just focusing on one thing, if you know what I'm saying, for the rest of your life. It's not like you can get a PhD in American history um, to prepare for a movie, but how did you um, decide to prepare to understand the historical context of this movie better? So a lot of it was learning on set. The good news is that Mark Goodman and Russell and the rest of the team, they are in a sense historians and and subject matter experts when it comes to the film and making sure that what we were doing was historically accurate. And so it's really getting on the same page with that team to ensure that that what I'm doing is in line with the historical context. And so it was it was really about learning as you go because it's you know film film and particularly television it's very fast paced you're moving very quickly in a lot of cases you don't get the script in advance in a lot of cases there are rewrites the words are constantly changing and so a lot of uh, most of it is just really being flexible and going with the flow when you're on set because things are, are moving so quickly and changing so quickly. Um, but in order to get to that point, you've got to have a basic understanding of what it is that you're, you know, the, the subject matter itself. So, so without having to go and actually read, you know, the hundreds and hundreds of pages of the Book of Mormon, just going in and, and understanding kind of the origin of the story itself as a starting point. And then delving in to each scene by scene and asking those questions to go, is this historically accurate if we do it this way? That makes a ton of sense. And I'm sure my audience who isn't as familiar with uh, movie production or film production will really appreciate that explanation. Um, that's illuminating to me as well. I have two last questions for you. The, the second last question I want to ask you is what was the most interesting thing that you learned historically, not necessarily about Oliver Cowdery, but about maybe the time period or a different character in the piece or um, the story of the unfolding of the restoration? I think the most fascinating thing to me was actually the transcribing of the text. And obviously Oliver Cowdery had played a major role in that piece of it, um, you know, 
uh, with, with Joseph Smith dictating to Oliver Cowdery. And that process to me is fascinating. The uh, seer stone and using the hat with the gold plates actually not physically being read off of. So that I had no idea that that was the, the way that it was done. And so actually participating in that, you know, we have a couple of scenes. There's the, the first scene where I'm transcribing for the first time and I'm just watching Joseph Smith in amazement as he is uh, dictating the scripture using those tools. And so I think that, and you'll see this in the film where Oliver Cowdery is looking on with amazement. I myself as, uh, as a person was sharing that amazement because, you know, it's, it's, it's quite a, um, an incredible process for, for how Joseph Smith went about actually um, taking the scripture from the plates onto paper. I love what you said about amazement there, because I think that, so I've already seen the movie, right? I think that one, one of my favorite moments of the film was actually that moment because it seemed so new. It seemed so, uh, you, know, you know, without without any context being given there, it seemed like you were experiencing it for the first time. Like I imagined Oliver Cowdery would be experiencing it for the first time. And that to me was really striking because having been familiar with the translation method, to me, it doesn't seem all that new and innovative, but that was a moment where I was taken back to the 1800s in a sense. And I was thinking, what would it be like to be in the room when that was happening for the first time? What would that feel like um, to, to have this method that's so foreign to anything that we do, um, even so foreign to, to what goes on in the church nowadays too. So, so, idiosyncratic to that moment what would it be like to experience that for the first time so I really appreciated the way that you handled that particular scene that was one of the moments that stood out to me most my last question for you is one that I like to ask um, people when they have done some sort of art or written a book or done a film and it's how do you think doing this has changed you and what will you take from this going forward well I think as, as a performer, my job is to change the audience in some way, shape, or form. And what I love about this project is that I, I also feel changed throughout the process. And the reason why is because I got to experience a religion that I knew nothing about with some very passionate and faithful people. Um, and what I love about the opportunity to participate in this film as someone who is not part of the church is that that is what religion should be about. It should be about, it should be about bringing in people who are outsiders. It should be about acceptance. And I think that the, the producers really took a courageous step in opening up their project outside of the traditional channels. And I think that we as a people worldwide, the more we understand each other, the more we understand each other. And so I feel grateful to have a more broader understanding 
of of uh, of this piece of of humanity. I really appreciate what you said there, uh, especially about bringing people together and understanding people. I think that that's also central to religion, right? That Jesus, um, as you know, it's Christian religion. Jesus was the one who brought outsiders to the table. He ate with people who were seemingly different than them and found these connections with them. And I think that you're, you're totally spot on there with that's what we're all trying to do is we're all trying to be more understanding, be more accepting, be more under being able to love each other more. So I really appreciate that you had this opportunity and I appreciate that you came on to share. Um, Could you tell us your name one more time and tell us um, any other work that you think might be interesting to the listeners so that they can look into um, other films or shows that you have done? This is Caleb J. Spivak and you can find some of my other credits on IMDb. Uh, probably in, in uh, great contrast to this film, I've done a lot of what they call crime television. So uh, if you turn on the Investigation Discovery Channel or Oxygen or any of those, uh, you'll find out about some, some not so good people doing some not so good things. And I've uh, portrayed plenty of them. So uh, something to keep you awake at night. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. All right, could you please introduce yourself and tell us what character you played? Yeah, my name is Paul Wethrich, and I play the role of Joseph Smith in The Witnesses. Awesome, thank you. How did you prepare to play Joseph Smith? You know, my I feel like my preparation started long before the movie came about. Um, you know, I spent the last several years of my life studying Joseph Smith, his life, his personality. Um, there's some great lectures by Truman Madsen where he actually just reads accounts of people that interacted with him to give an insight about Joseph Smith's personality. And I've always been fascinated with him as a person. And so I feel like when the movie came along, I had this person kind of developed a foundation of this person that I already knew. And then from there, it was just a matter of study. You know, I would take all of the scenes from the movie. I would go research those events and just really try and study and get context for all of the events that happened um, because there was so much that happened, as you'll see from the film, and all of it's true, which is pretty unique to have a you know a movie based on true events where everything actually happened. You know, they didn't make anything up to add in for dramatic effect. And so it was cool on an acting standpoint because then I could go and study those events and kind of get a feel for who this person was inside of those events. That makes perfect sense. And I think that's something that really came across to me in the film was there was a few moments when you were playing Joseph Smith that I I think we saw some real emotion um, in the sense that you really connected with the character. And it it, it seems really raw to me, especially, especially around Joseph Smith's children. Those were the moments that I noticed the most. When learning to play Joseph Smith, what did you learn about Joseph Smith that was most surprising to you? You know, I I think that it wasn't necessarily maybe anything new, but it was just the impact of what I already knew. Um, for example, there's a, a scene where I have to talk to Martin Harris and 
at this point in the movie, there's a lot of stuff that's just going poorly, you know, and I had known about this time in church history. It's around Kirtland and there's issues with this bank that the church had set up and it's all stuff that I had kind of heard and was familiar with. But the big realization for me was, was how young Joseph was when he went through all of this. So one of the ways I would study for the role is I would look up the year that all of these dates happen. And then I would, I would make sure I knew how old Joseph Smith was, was when this thing happened. And so, you know, here he is, he is leading this church. Um, everything's kind of falling apart around him. It seems everybody is in a bad mood, leaving the church, apostatizing. There's debt, there's strain on his marriage, there's strain on his relationships. I mean, this is a ton of pressure and, you know, we think of Joseph when we see him portrayed in so many other films as, you know, we see him at 35 or 40 years old, but really when most of this happened, he was in his twenties. And so when I was going through, I would mark his age next to everything that would happen. And it was so eye opening to me because, you know, during this scene, he was 27 and I was 28 at the time of filming, I think, you know, and, and so it was, it was this eye-opening experience for me to think, holy cow, he went through so much at such a young age. And here he was leading men that were, you know, more experienced in life, in business, in all of these things than he was. And yet he was such a young guy that went through so much. And uh, I think for me, that was one of the biggest eye-opening experiences was just how young he was and, and the weight that he carried from such a young age. I was talking to Daniel Peterson the other day about this exact same thing, actually, where he mentioned after how some people have seen the film, they remarked, hey, aren't those characters, aren't those actors playing those characters a little bit young? And I, I do think it's a little <laughs> bit funny because his response was, well, actually, no, they were the, they were the right age for the role. Um, exactly. But, but it seems younger to us, especially if we've seen any of the, the classic, you know, church history uh, movies about Joseph Smith, where Joseph Smith seems to be more like 40 than uh, mid to late 20s. Exactly. And it's surprising how big of difference it, it is when you see that on screen. All of a sudden, you know, that age difference really does make somebody that much more vulnerable just from being 10 to 15 years younger, you know, suddenly it, it, it makes them that much more vulnerable on screen. I agree, especially because if you think about him as a young father and a young husband, that to me is a really different picture of, of Joseph Smith, because you can see his concern and his worry a little bit more clearly. Um, my next question for you is what was the most emotional moment in the film for you? Yeah, I think there was a couple pretty intense uh, emotional moments for me. One of them would be with Martin Harris um, during the, the witness scene, actually, where they see the angel. Um, but another one would be, you know, you mentioned Joseph's kids and him as a dad. And there's a, a scene where, you know, Joseph's son has, has died and, and uh, you see a, a snip of it in the trailer there. And, you know, when we were filming that scene, 
it was, it was so intense because, you know, there's layers of things that are going on. Right. And, and so you have to kind of think through every layer, at least as an actor of, of what's going on in the scene. It's like, yes, we're here. Uh, my child has died. That's kind of the main point of the scene, but then there's all these other things, you know, and you add in for the fact that it's like, okay, not only has my child died, but uh, things with Martin Harris are on the rocks right now. And I don't know where I stand with God at this point because of things that have happened with Martin Harris and uh, the translation is not going well. And so all of that burden has now been on me. And now my wife is standing here and she's struggling with the fact that our son just died. She's struggling with the fact that I'm supposed to be a prophet and I'm struggling with the fact that I'm supposed to be a prophet and I can't help my wife. I can't help my child. I don't know what's going on with Martin Harris. And, you know, so it's all of these things start adding up. And then again, you bring in the fact that I'm 25, 24, 25. I don't know the exact age. I'd have to go look at the dates again, but you know, that is a lot for a young dude to be going through. You know, I'm a newly married guy. I've been married for about nine months and, you know, marriage is tough as it is. Then you add in all of those other things. And, uh, you know, I was frustrated with Emma in that scene, you know, where she's saying, well, didn't God speak to you? And I'm, and there I am thinking, well, yeah, he did. Like, what are you trying to tell me? You know? And so all of that was very raw and it was, and it was very real, uh, coming in that moment. And, and that scene was unique too, because I, I remember thinking, I don't want to dishonor, uh, Joseph Smith, you know, this, this person that I've come to love and admire the more I've studied him. Um, and I, I don't want, you know, you've never really seen Joseph lose his temper and you've never seen Joseph, um, in that way, at least I haven't portrayed in, in film. And so it was one of those moments where I thought, okay, I don't want to dishonor him, but I also don't want to dishonor him by being dishonest to what he actually probably was feeling in this moment, which, you know, I felt was all of those things added on top of each other. And so um, it came out to be a really intense emotional scene. And, um, and it was for me playing it, you know, because there's just, there's so much going on that you might not think of on the face of it, but when you're in that moment, all of those things build up and it just, you know, kind of <laughs> overtook me. That's really, really powerful. And I appreciate that description. I don't think it's dishonoring Justice Smith at all. I, I mean, Justice Smith himself called himself a rough stone rolling. And that to me is in conjunction with the fact that he was an emerging prophet, that he had so many different trials and burdens all at once that made it really difficult for him to continue his prophetic calling. Um, so I find the way that you portrayed Joseph Smith to be both honest and honorable because it, it sort of pays homage to who Joseph Smith said he was as opposed to the image that many have constructed about him that might not be 100% accurate. Um, and I talked a little bit about that with Daniel Peterson too. That was one thing that we both acknowledged was the, the accuracy of the film in portraying the events and the characters is something that I think will be very helpful for a lot of different people. One criticism that comes up of the story of Joseph Smith 
is when he's running with the plates, um, some people have said that, you know, it's really impossible to run with the plates. Um, but you had to do that more than <laughs> once. Isn't that true? Yes. Yeah, that was a, a brutal day, to be honest. <laughs> Could you talk yeah. a little bit more about that experience? I heard that you had to go, um, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not super knowledgeable about how films are made. Um, my base level knowledge is that you have to film scenes multiple times. I heard that you had to carry the plates up the hill and then run back down multiple times. Yeah, that was that was shot over the course. I mean, if if you see the film, you you know, it's kind of this quick montage. I don't know, lasts, you know, 10, 15 seconds. Um, but yeah, movie magic that took hours to film. Um, because, you know, here I am. They so they had a couple sets of plates. One was uh 30 to 40 pounds and the other one was like 40 to 50 pounds. And then they had kind of a, a sack with like a big foam block in it, you know? And so initially when they, they said, okay, you're going to be running, um, you know, what, which ones do you want to carry? They offered me this sack with a kind of a big foam block to look like the plates. And I didn't use that one because I knew that running with something that's weighted and running with something that's not weighted is going to look very different. And so I, I said, you know, I'll take the 30 to 40 pound set. And, and yeah, and then it was just, okay, we're going to have you hike up this mountain and you're going to run down, we're going to film it. And then we're going to have to, you do it again. And then we're going to have you do it again. And then they'd say, okay, now we're going to come to this location and you're going to start from all the way over here and you're going to run, you know, 50 yards or so, and you're going to run and then you're going to go back and do it again and again. And so, you know, when you watch the film, there's all these different clips and cuts of me running through. You know, for each one of those, I, I had to do that running sequence three to four times because they would reset camera. They would, you know, they always wanted to get at least two to three takes to make sure they had focus right or, you know, whatever. That's just how filming is. And so, yeah, it was the course of of hours, literally hours, just hiking up the mountain, running down, jumping over rocks, running through trees um, just to stop, climb back up and do it again. And you know, I, I'm like a pretty fit guy. I like to think I exercise, I work out, I go to the gym, I like to stay healthy. And, and, uh, you know, at the very beginning, they were kind of putting some fake sweat on me for those first couple takes. And, and, uh, then they just stopped because I was, I mean, I was sweating and I was working and, and by the end of that day, my arm was just wrecked from, you know, carrying that 30, 40 pound clump of metal under my arm and, and trying to hold it and run with it. And it was exhausting, but I, we, we did it, you know? I liked that you, you chose the, the plates that would have been the more accurate weight. So the plates were by best estimations, probably around 45 pounds. Um, Joseph Smith did not have to do uh, several cuts of his running scene. Uh, he just had to do it all in one go, but exactly. I, I find it, interesting that you, ch you chose the properly weighted plates for that reason. There's a lot of critics of the church who have consistently tried to use this moment to discredit Joseph Smith, even though people in the military, you know, will run with things that are heavier than that. But it's kind of nifty to have it on, to have it on a film where we can say, nope, 
we have this actor and this actor did it literally all day long. Yeah. Who, who no, isn't a farm great. boy. Yeah, he was he was a strong guy, you know, from a from a young age. You read that in accounts about how strong he was and the work that he would do, you know. I mean, he grew up clearing land, hauling rocks and boulders and moving stuff. And so um yeah, I I wouldn't compare my strength to his probably, but you know, I did it for, for a good few hours and so I, I definitely think Joseph was capable. One thing that you have said is you said that playing Joseph Smith is the role of a lifetime. Why do you feel that way? You know, I've always wanted to play the role of Joseph Smith. You know, like I said, I've, I've studied him over the last several years. I've just really developed a fondness for this man that I feel like I've grown to know. And I don't think I could have get, gotten a better opportunity than this film. Um, and I say that because all of these years studying his life, studying his personality, learning, you know, his human side as well as his prophetic side, I've always wanted him to be portrayed a little more human, a little more approachable, um, not so prophetic all the time, I guess is a good way to put it. You know, there are moments where he puts on the, the prophetic hat, so to speak, and you see that authority and you see that very Christ-like figure. But there are so many other moments, um, vulnerable moments, intimate moments, even in a sense of humor and the way that he would interact with people. You know, there's so many stories where I just have always wanted to see. And so for me, it was, I always kind of hoped to play that Joseph and you know, a credit to Dan and Mark and Russ, the writers and producers. Uh, because when I got the script, even just to audition for the film, uh, the two scenes I auditioned with were the scene where Oliver confronts him about polygamy, which you see a clip of that in the trailer. And there's a scene where he then, Martin, or I'm sorry, Joseph Smith confronts Martin Harris about losing the 116 pages. And they were so intense and so unlike anything else I had seen that right from the audition, I thought to myself, this is the Joseph that I've always wanted to see, you know? And, and so for me, that was, that was really just kind of a dream come true is, is not only to play Joseph, but to have the chance to play him where he was written in a way that the character matched with the person that I had kind of come to know and wanted to represent. And so, it just just worked out so great for me in that aspect. One of my favorite Joseph Smith quotes actually sort of touches on what you're saying. Um, it's from the, the history and it's in volume D1. Um, what he says is, I love that man better who swears a stream as long as my arm yet deals justice to his neighbors and mercifully deals with substance to the poor than the long, smooth-faced hypocrite. I don't want you to think I am very righteous, for I am not. God judges men according to the use they make of the light which he gives them. Um, and the reason I really like this quote is, is sort of what you're saying, in a sense, where we see that Joseph Smith is, in fact, really human and developing into his into his calling as a prophet it is not like he you know emerged as this pristine 45 year old man when he was 20 25 
um, we see that he has to develop and he has these really human emotions and these really interesting experiences where he's very angry with a particular person, where he has a falling out, where he's very upset about the loss of his child. And I think that that, that Joseph Smith to me is more compelling because it's the real Joseph Smith. And it's something that we can all sort of understand is the, the, the emotions that he felt, but his choice to still still believe in God. Um, and I think the, the letter at Liberty Jail in DNC 121 to 123, I think that that's a really good representation of who Joseph Smith is um, in a lot of ways and why Joseph Smith is inspiring. Joseph Smith is not inspiring because he's perfect. He's not Christ. Joseph Smith is inspiring because God transformed him so much and that transformation is so apparent um my next question is um during during filming the witnesses did you have any particular moments on set that were interesting or unexpected for you um yeah i think i think one of the unexpected moments for me actually came when we were filming the scene where with the death of his child. Um, so when we set that scene up, um, you know, there's, they start with the master shot. So they're, they're a little bit further away and, and I'm kneeling at the graveside. Emma's standing behind me. We have this, this conversation and then she turns to go inside and I kneel back down kind of at this hole that I'm digging. And, and kind of like I alluded to earlier, you know, there's all of these emotions that I'm feeling. It's just kind of this mixing pot of, of sorrow and frustration and, um, you know, some anger in there and this helplessness. And, and so when, when we shot the first scene, um, we had this conversation and, and she goes back inside, I kneel back down and I just was so angry. You know, I started just beating the ground with my shovel out of frustration and anger and, you know, trying to take some of that out on something. And that, that was not scripted. It was not something that I was given direction to do. And, and it was one of those things where they called cut and I, and I thought, Oh man, I hope I didn't just go too far, you know, with Joseph kind of losing his temper right there. And, you know, that's something again, to the credit of Mark and the producers, you know, where he just said, he just said, okay, let's do it again. You know, and he, you know, he let, he let me keep that in because it kind of felt natural, even though it was kind of surprising in the moment that it happened. Um, and so that was, you know, one of those moments where I was grateful as, a, as an actor to be able to let those emotions take me where they were taking me. Um, and I was able to keep that in, but, you know, and again, it was, it was something where I felt um, like I didn't want to, kind of disrespect him, but also I wanted to show the honest feeling of, of what he was going through. Um, so that, that was kind of a moment that surprised me, but there were also, you know, moments, lighter moments that I think I was surprised with. Um, one of, you know, actually one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie was, is such a light scene. Um, it's between Joseph and Martin Harris, they're translating and they decide to go take a break and they go down by the water and Joseph's just throwing rocks into the river. And I loved that scene. When I read it, I thought, this is one of the 
best scenes of the movie, you know, because it shows, you know, on the opposite spectrum, on the opposite end, a very light side of Joseph where he liked to get out and just do stuff, you know, and there was something about in the script that said he picks up a huge rock and throws it into the water. And maybe it's just a boy thing, but I just love chucking rocks. And so for me to just be able to pick up a big rock and chuck it into the water, that felt so true and so honest. And I just thought, yeah, this is definitely something that Joseph would have done, you know, just to come out here and, and throw some rocks and, you know, pick up the biggest one he could find and just huck it. And it really was so satisfying. And, uh, and so even that for me, like, he, you know, is, was one of my favorite scenes. So, you know, kind of both ends, you get to see him, you know, very much a lighter person, but also those intense moments. That I, you know, I didn't see this the scene in quite that same way, but now when I I'm gonna rewatch it um, with friends when it comes out, but now I have that new added perspective that I think will make that scene a bit more interesting for me. I appreciate your your thoughts there. Um, one of the reasons why I think people should see the witnesses is because of something that you mentioned, which is the historical accuracy of the film. I I think it's really well done. I also think that it's useful for a variety of people, both Latter-day Saints and non-Latter-day Saints. Obviously there are both Latter-day Saints and non-Latter-day Saint actors in the film, which is a little bit different for, for, for most um, sort of church movies. Um, but this is definitely different than most church movies in a lot of ways and, and ways that I think the audience would find refreshing. My last question for you is probably my favorite question that I get to ask. Um, it's really cool to have you on because specifically that you play Joseph Smith. And I think that that is a really interesting position to be in. How did playing Joseph Smith impact the way that you feel about Joseph Smith and impact your testimony? I will say that you have a great reputation from your actors and from members of the crew. From what I have said, you were an awesome missionary and an awesome person on set. That's what everyone told me, those two things. So I'm sure that it was a very helpful role for you. Um, I would love to hear what, how, how, how has playing Joseph Smith made you feel and how has it changed or um, developed with the way that you feel about Joseph Smith? Um, well, first, I just, I appreciate you saying that, you know, I loved, Everybody that I worked with, um, you know, like you said, we, we came from very different backgrounds. Caleb, who plays Oliver's from California. David, who plays Michael, he's from Boston. And it was just a, a great combination of, of people. I don't, you know, it was, it was so perfectly cast in my mind and having those actors who were, you know, outside of the church and the gospel playing them, I, I feel like was such a good call because, you know, they brought this honesty to those characters that, um, you know, they, they just approached them so honestly. And when, you know, without, there's something about being a church member and portraying a church figure um, that's difficult in the sense that you want to represent them in a way maybe that reflects well. Um, and so for them not to have that, attachment, um, I think added so much to the film. Um, for me playing Joseph Smith, you know, he's someone that I have grown to love over the years. The more I've 
I've studied him and the more that I've uh, gotten to know him. And so I, I feel like playing him, you know, it's, it's different. You read an account about somebody to learn about them, but reading that same account to be them shifts your perspective on what you're reading. You know, suddenly when you're reading a quote and, and you're the one saying the quote, um, you have to then dive into a lot more context about why they said what they said, you know, and why they chose the words that they chose to say and, and what they may have been feeling and what they were intending for the other person to feel. And so there's just all of this deeper understanding that comes when you, when you study somebody in that way. And, you know, for me, it was in some sense, a, a love letter to this character, you know, that, um, that my love for him just grew so intensely and my empathy for him grew so intensely and, and for all of these characters, you know, um, for these witnesses. And I, and I really hope that's something that people get out of the film. It's so easy to, to learn about these, these guys and to judge them from our standpoint, you know, to say, well, geez, you saw an angel, you know, you saw an angel bring you the gold plates and yet you left the church or you struggled with this or, you know, good grief, Joseph, you, you saw God and Jesus Christ at 14. And if that's the case, then, then you would have been this type of way, or I would have been this type of way, but that's just not how our lives work. You know, how many of us go through a great experience,